but some guy immediately called my number from the flyer and was like, yeah, I want this house. And he was actually the guy I ended up wholesaling it to the first person within two hours of me posting it. James, I'm excited to talk with you. You've got a deal here that we're going to go over here in a minute that you did a $30,000 assignment, your biggest assignment fee so far, right? That's correct. Yeah, man. Maybe start there. Tell us what market you're in and tell us how you got your start in wholesaling. Yeah. So I'm in the Chicago or the Illinois market. I actually don't do that many deals in Chicago. I prefer the suburbs. There's less competition. Um, but yeah, I got my start. I just, I was unemployed for a few years. Um, I was kind of just partying and not really taking anything seriously. And then, um, you know, I got arrested and got a felony. And then a few weeks later, my best friend actually died in a car accident. Mm. And um, I realized I needed to change my life. And then coincidentally, my friend Matthew came to me and he's like, hey, man, you ever heard of wholesale and real estate? You can get houses with no money and sell them without owning them. And it seemed ridiculous. So he told me to go look up somebody named Max Maxwell. So I looked him up and I didn't it didn't, it just seemed scammy to me. And then I saw Jerry's face down there in a related thumbnail and I clicked <laughs> on it. And I think I watched like 16 hours straight of your videos. Like that first night I stayed up until like four in the morning watching your videos. So from when you started watching and learning to when you said, okay, this is something I want to do. I'm going to now take action. I'm going to now pick up and start calling, making offers. Cause you used a lot of my free resources too. What was that process like from going from learning to doing? Yeah. I mean, I wish I went, had went from learning to doing quicker. It mm. took me about two months before I picked up the phone for the first time and called a real estate agent. But yeah, I was downloading all your free contracts. I still use your free contracts, basically. Like my attorney tweaked them a little bit, but I still mm -hmm. use all your all your free contracts are the ones I still use. Um, but yeah, it was about a month and a half, two months of just research phase. Okay. So then you start picking up the phones and you, you focused on on market. Yeah, right? I didn't have a lot of money, so I focused on on-market. Yeah. And then when I went out, I, I was doing inspections on properties I didn't even have under contract, just wasting a bunch of time. And real estate agents could tell I was really green. And I had no success on-market. I still haven't wholesaled an on-market property yet today. Mm. What, what do you think it is? What's been your hang-up there? Agents? Connecting well, with agents? I, or? Yeah. I mean, I lost, like, I only started out with like a thousand dollars to my name when I wholesaled and I lost all of it on earnest money deposits because I let my <laughs> inspection period pass. And I was like, all right, I'm going direct to seller. And I just okay. like two weeks ago after seeing Jamil in Vegas, um, I decided I was going to go back to try and on market again. Mm. So I'm just starting to pick that up again now that I have the skills and the tools to do it. But when I first started, it just wasn't working for me. Okay. So let's talk about some of your off market then. What what were you doing to go direct to seller? Yeah. So direct to seller, I was pulling lists from PropStream and then just mass texting them. Uh, not mass texting. I was actually texting them one by one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was just texting them. That was it. Well, that's that keeps you out of the spamming rules and stuff if you're doing it like that. But Right. That's what I noticed is my delivery rate and my response rates were actually much higher than people I was talking to that were doing mass texting. So even when I hired a VA, I just had him do one by one texting all day. I mean, it's definitely more tedious and time consuming and, and yeah. a lot of manual work, but a VA doing it where they're just copy paste, copy paste, you know, like, right. I, I, I'm curious, do you know, like how many texts can he send in a day doing it? Yeah, one so I time? developed like a very specific formula that I taught him on where like my opening text is just the person's first name and a question mark. So they think I'm maybe a friend with a new phone or something. And they almost always responded to that. 
like almost always and identified if they were the right person. And then he would paste in like, you know, my text for pre-foreclosure script or my tired landlord script. Yeah. And he could get through about five to 600 people in his four hour shift every day. So that's a lot. I mean, that's almost, that's almost pushing. I mean, that's not the same as a, as one push and you send out a mass, but if you're, if your open rates are super high, your deliverability is great. And your cost for VA is, is going to be pretty inexpensive. 500 bucks a month. And he was sending 10,000 texts a month. There so. you go. And you're, you're not using the platforms. The platforms gets, get flagged for spamming and they're cracking down on some of the rules for, for now text blasting. So dude, yep. that's a, that's really awesome. I hope everybody's picking up some real great tips here with that. And then you've got different set texts. I love your strategy of a question. So my text strategy is um, one way to kind of stay under the radar is always ask a question. Never be careful not to send the same text messages, you know, like again and again and again, those are going to get flagged, you know, so you want to kind of create a conversation. Now what's going to happen though, is you're going to start getting a lot of responses because you're asking a question. So then it's not just like, a, do you want to sell your house? Yes or no. It's, Hey, let's start a conversation. And then I'm going to ask you, uh, right. but, but it creates more of a conversation and, you know, it's going to open the door, I think, a little better as you're finding. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, for example, what what is what is a, you know, more or less what's like when they when you text their name with a question mark or you ask a question, they respond and then you and then you want to bring in the property. What's your typical question or or text that you'll send somebody? Yeah. So if it's a tired landlord, I always go with like, um, I'll be like Dave and he'll be like, yes, who's this? And I'll be like, my name's James. I apologize for the random text. I saw your property over on 123 Main Street and I was interested in it. Now I say interested in it because then they think I might be a renter as well. So then they open up that dialogue. So they don't just go, oh, this guy's coming by my house and flake me off. They start talking to me. Yeah. So that's great because that's a tired landlord list. So now you have a custom sequence of questions and conversation tailored to that. Yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, the tired landlord's great because if they think you're a tenant, they're going to at least answer, they're going to at least respond. And now you could have yeah. a conversation and then you can say, Hey, look, I'm not interested in renting your property. I'm actually wondering if you'd like to sell your property. I'm an investor right. for a property in your neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. But it gets a dialogue going first. Really genius. Yeah. yeah smart. Okay, so you you start developing kind of your own way of doing this manually texting, and you mentioned pre foreclosure. You mentioned tired landlord. Uh, what are some other lead types that you like? Honestly, those are the only two that okay. I have liked. I tried a few other ones and I got no bites. So pre foreclosures are the most motivated people. So obviously those are good. And tired landlords are motivated but also savvy investors, so they know how to talk to you and they're open to talk in business. Yeah, I can't wait to see. Make sure you're trying PropWire now free. I'd love to yeah, hear Yeah, I just looked at it the other day for the first time, and it has a lot of good data on there for free, especially. I, I almost couldn't believe it. What's cool is um, I love the absentee owner. So you can do a filter that says out-of-state absentee owner. Love that because that's another motivation level. Absolutely. And there's even a tired landlord specifically criteria. And then you can even stack. So you could say... I want to see tired landlords and high equity or, and free and clear. And or a tired landlord that lives out of the state. I mean, that would be huge motivation. Yeah. Yeah. So what's awesome is you can in prop bar, you can keep stacking your lid, your lead type. 
And I mean, it's going to condense your list, but it's going to be a highly concentrated, very motivated list. The more filters you put in right. on it. And so, I really liked the MLS data that you had on there. The fact that you could search for creative finance key terms on the MLS yeah. was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, okay. So you start texting and then let's go, let's, let's talk about your, your, that deal you did where you made 30,000. So tell us how that deal went down. Yeah. So it started just like how I said, I had my VA text Albert question mark. And he was like, yeah, who's this? And he said, Hey, I noticed your house is in pre foreclosure and you may be in the pre foreclosure process. Are you open to selling before that happens? And usually it doesn't go this easy, but this guy was just like, yeah, sure. And then called. <laughs> so, and then we were on the phone talking. Now he had some challenges. It was divorced, right? Yeah. So his wife had divorced him and thrown him out of the house and then kind of like punched some holes in the wall, wrote some profanities on the wall with lipstick. And then he ended up getting the house back, but there was no real damage to it. It was still like a 2004 build, nice $300,000 home that just had some real surface level, little cosmetic stuff. Yeah. And was, was the sale to settle the divorce? Like, did they need to sell it to split proceeds or... Or was it just, let's just get out of everything we have together kind of thing? Or how was that? So he was just, he wasn't able to pay the bills anymore because he lost his job also, also while going through the divorce. So he was, you know, a, a couple months behind, just had went into pre-foreclosure and he was kind of, like you said, just of the mentality, like, let me just cut ties with everything that had to do with this. So, and one of the first things he said to me on the phone was, I don't even want to make any money. I just want to get out of pre-foreclosure, which was like music to my ears. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when the motivation's high enough, they're really just most concerned about preserving their credit, not getting a foreclosure on their record. And so they just want, I call that stop the bleeding. So rather than make money, their bigger priority is stop the bleeding. Right. So get out of the expenses and the debt and the payments and the taxes and the upkeep and all the issues that that property is causing them. They, they'd rather have peace of mind than equity. Right. So that's a highly motivated seller there that's willing to just like, just get me out of this property. Absolutely. So that was that case. And did, so what was your ARV on that? How'd you run your numbers? What was your offer? So the ARV was like 340 to 370. And this is before the market like had taken a huge crap. So mm -hmm. ARV was like 340 to 370 and he owed 201,000. So I just offered him 202,000 since he didn't want any money. And I figured I could make 30 to 40 grand off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, he agreed to that. You sign a contract, use my, you know, free contracts guys are. I use your exact purchase and sale agreement. Yeah. Do you like that purchase sale agreement? I mean, it goes through every possible scenario that you could come up with. You it's know? funny. My lawyer, because he's uh I met him because he was my criminal lawyer when I had gotten arrested a year ago. And then he told me he does real estate. And he was like, this is one of the, like, the best wholesaling uh, <laughs> purchase and sale agreements that he had because he has a bunch of other clients and he loves that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just kept adding to it. I'd run into a problem on a deal. I'd be like, man, I wish I had addressed this in my contract and let's fix that. Right. Yeah. So good. Well, you get the contract and then now it's time to find your buyer. So how'd you find your right. buyer? Yeah. So I have like a method of after I get something under contract, I make like a little really legit branded flyer out of it that has all the pictures, the data, my company name on it, my logo. 
And I kind of take that and I package it with some pictures of the property and I put it in all the Facebook groups. So I put it in like 30, 40 Facebook groups, which is what I learned from you on day one. And um, yeah, like immediately, I didn't even know that the neighborhood it was in was like up and coming as it was. But some guy immediately called my number from the flyer and was like, yeah, I want this house. And he was actually the guy I ended up wholesaling it to the first person within two hours of me posting it. Wanted it. He ended up being the buyer. Yeah. Yeah. And at first you had a 40 K spread on it, right? Yeah. Like a, a week before close, I think uh, my lawyer called me. He's like, Hey, there's $10,000 of taxes due. And this guy obviously has no skin in the game. He's just trying to get out of it. So you're going to have to pay that or yeah. convince the buyers to pay it. But the buyers already overpaid slightly. So I wasn't about to disgruntle them further or anything. So you just, you just agreed to take that out of your assignments and still close the deal. Right. Yeah. And uh, so then it ended up being like a 30,000 and some change net, like true assignment, yeah. yep. check to you at closing type of deal. Yeah, my attorney said it was the biggest assignment that he'd seen in two years out of all the people he does wholesale deals for. So, Wow. Yeah. Well, they're certainly bigger than 30,000, but 30,000 is an amazing deal. Like, holy crap. That's awesome. Yeah. What number deal yeah. was that for you, that deal? Sorry? What number deal was that one? Uh, seven or eight. Seven or eight, yeah. I mean, and you got started a year ago, right? Last year, about a year ago, a little over a yeah, year like ago? April, I say, so like nine Not months. even a year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're off to an awesome start, James. I mean, congratulations. That's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, 30000 on assignment. What was that like to get that check? I mean, how, what was the experience you had when you when you closed on that deal? Uh, me and my girlfriend went and had a mimosa and brunch, and we were just <laughs> we were super excited. I mean, like I had I'd made you know between eight and twelve thousand dollars before then, but then you know you set aside money for taxes, pay your operating expenses. You don't yeah. have that much money left, but this one was like I got to put fifteen k right in my checking account, so it was just a great yeah, feeling. That, that feels good, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. You're a flipping genius, guys. Leave a comment. Tell James Thank you're you. a flipping genius because that's really cool. And congratulations on, on, you know, your first year getting to the seven, eight, 10 deals. I mean, that's fantastic. That's really phenomenal. I mean, I think that puts you in like the top 10% of wholesalers that get into the business. Usually that first year's pretty rocky, pretty up and down. You go through a big learning curve maybe you win on a deal and you lose on three, you're like, they fall apart or you, they don't get to closing. And I mean, you know, right. you're going to, you're going to face it. You've been facing, you can't not face lumps in this business. It's no. all about what you do about it. Right. Do you get back up? Do you get back on the phones? Do you make another offer or do you let it get you down? Do you, do you stop trying? Do you stop offering? The, the I mean, uh, even on that $30,000 deal, like I, we thought it wasn't going to close because his divorce, like his wife was entitled to some part of the house. So I had to convince his ex-wife to sign a. I had to like have my lawyer draft a dissolution of marriage, have her sign that I had to find a notary. I had to get them to like agree and work with each other to make this deal work for me, even though they weren't getting any money. Like it was a lot of work to kind of make all that happen. Get it there. Yeah. Like that's it. That's wholesaling problem solving. You're going to have problems. Yeah, absolutely. Remember guys, it's distressed real estate, which means it's distressed sellers, distressed title, distressed everything. Like it's, it, you are going to, when you get that contract, you're like, man, I'm halfway there. When you get the cash buyer, you're like, man, I'm no, you're not. You're not even close to there because now you got to <laughs> deal with all kinds of things to get it to the closing table. And, you know, I've, 
my experience is probably 25 to 30 percent of contracts never make it to closing i know a lot of wholesalers and their rates are like 50 percent like half of their contracts never make it to closing so if you don't know that going in and you don't have a stomach for that you're going to get disillusioned very quickly and discouraged very quickly it's just part of the game like just own it it's okay you know there's another deal right around the corner just get after it again yeah absolutely i mean like i said my first two on market deals they obviously didn't work out and i lost all my money that i had in earnest money deposits but you just got to not quit and keep going and my buddy who's my buddy who showed me how to wholesale, who brought your videos to my attention and whatnot, he was my partner in the beginning, but he couldn't stand this not making money for months. And he actually quit to go become a truck driver. And then I finally got my first deal, my second deal. And he was like, oh my gosh, dude, you're doing it. Yeah. So you got to be tough and hang with it. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how many people I talk to and they're like, man, I want to do this, but are you telling me that I might not see any money for a month, two months, three months? And I'm like, you might not see any money for six months. If you can't handle that, if you can't hack that, if you can't stomach that, this isn't the business for you because there's no guarantees of anything. You you put the work in and and if you're consistent, you will see results because it's right. just a law of averages. The, the law of averages, the universe will align with you. The stars will align, but you've got to be willing to pay your dues and put in the work and be consistent. There's no Absolutely. way around it. I mean, if you're following somebody like yourself, that is proved, tried and tested and you know they know what they're talking about and you're doing what they tell you to do, then there's no way that it won't eventually work out. Yeah. You know, I tell people, if you make a hundred offers, you're going to get at least one really good deal. But are you willing to get a 99 no's to get one yes? Right. You know, if you I mean, are, I probably did out of the 10,000 people, you know, we contact a month, I get one, maybe two deals out of yeah. 10,000. Yeah. That's thousands that's- of people. Telling me to, you know, screw off and not yeah. <laughs> and being mean to me. <laughs> yeah. You got to just let it roll off of you. Yeah. So James, that's awesome. Do you have, I mean, where you, you, you kind of shared in the very beginning, like you're going down the wrong path in life. You know, you're, you, you, you get in trouble with the law, your best friend dies. I mean, these are some life experiences that People come to a fork in the road and they have to make a decision. Am I going to keep going down this road, which is not looking good for my life? Or am I going to make changes? Am I willing to pay the price now, make sacrifices, not have what I want right this minute for something better later? And you made that decision. Now, how did you make that decision? Because a lot of people don't make that choice. They go left when you went right. What, what, What happened? I mean, I know you had some really serious things that caused you to reflect, but why do you think you chose to really make something with your life and do this instead of not do this? Yeah, well, I mean, the two main things were when I got arrested, I got sentenced to community service and I actually ended up doing it at a um, a horse farm where they rehabilitate kids with disabilities and they're based in religion. So I kind of found faith through them. Um, I found community. I found family, people that were taking me in and taking care of me when they had no reason to. Mm. And then also when my best friend passed, you know, she was only 31. She had an 11 year old. And I just was like, I got to live life for the both of us. I got to make you know her proud. And those were my two biggest motivations. Wow. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being vulnerable, James, and sharing a little bit of that. You know, that's part of your private life and you're willing to be open and share and I appreciate that because I know there's going to be someone that listens to this and they're going to be at a place you are at. And so your story is going to encourage somebody. It's going to help somebody 
push them over that edge to where they're going to now make a kind of commitment like you made and, and put themselves on a trajectory of a better life. And you're taking control. You're, you're taking financial control of your life because you're now on a path and you see a model now that can not just provide you a good income, but provide you financial security and springboard you into lots of bigger things in real estate, you know? So that's really awesome. I mean, that's so inspiring. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, and I followed in your footsteps and I started a YouTube channel where I'm teaching beginners how to get into wholesaling because um, I just found that some people just resonate with how some people teach stuff. And like, I am a beginner. So I just kind of aggregate all your knowledge that I've gotten from you and I spit it out in my own fashion. And I'm just trying to give back and help people succeed, you know? Yeah, I see that. That's really exciting. So let's put your um, your information to your content, maybe your Instagram, your YouTube in the in the description below this video when this comes out. And uh, so people can can follow you, get in your world, see what you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's awesome.